Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and good morning to all you coffee lovers and crazy tea drinkers out there. Oh, I've got my cup of coffee here with me today. And I was visiting my sister last week, actually. And they're tea drinkers. I didn't actually realize this about my sister, but she drinks tea quite often, if not every single day. And she does not really like coffee. So when guests come over, she has this itty bitty little coffee pot that she brings out from her uh, cabinets collecting dust and she uh, plugs it in and makes them coffee, which is hilarious because every single day I'm making myself coffee and my sister is making herself tea in this like fancy little teapot and her fancy little cups and everything. And it was just really, really funny. But even so... I still find the concept of drinking tea just, I don't understand it. <laughs> like, I guess it has caffeine in it, but but if you're looking for caffeine, why not just drink the coffee? Because there's like a lot of coffee or caffeine in coffee. So I just don't get it. I don't get the, the love of tea, I suppose, but to each their own. But speaking of tea, and I might be very stereotypical here right now, or racist, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but speaking of tea, Great Britain is actually outperforming America when it comes to listening to this podcast. So thank you to Great Britain for tuning into this podcast every single day, drinking your tea with me while I drink my coffee. And that's where I'm saying I might be getting a little bit racist or stereotypical because I'm not actually sure if Great Britain or rather English people like their tea as much as I've been told that they like their tea. <laughs> so if you live in Great Britain and you are a tea drinker or if you're a coffee drinker, please contact me and let me know. Do English people prefer tea primarily over coffee? I would actually really like to know the answer to that because stereotypically I've been told yes they prefer tea but honestly I don't actually know the answer to that so I would love to know if you live in England if you are a tea or a coffee drinker but either way thank you so much to everybody who has been listening into this podcast it's just been such a blessing that I know that there are people out there that are gaining from this podcast that helps me continue to do it so I am so appreciative of everybody that has been listening in, that's been sharing the podcast and that's been messaging me with these beautiful messages of how the podcast of how the podcast has been helping them. So continue messaging me. I love to get them. I love just hearing from you guys and learning about you guys and just learning about where you live and all that great stuff. So one way you can get into contact with me is on Facebook, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries, which is the name of the ministry behind this podcast. But anyway, guys, let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 28 verses 1 through 15. I'll be reading out of the WEB version this morning or the World English Bible version. You can read out of the version you prefer to read out of, whatever that is. And let's go ahead and grab our cups of coffee or our cups of tea and start reading. 
Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel and tell them, see that you present my offering, my food for my offerings made by fire as a pleasant aroma to me in their due season. You shall tell them this is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer to Yahweh male lambs a year old without defect two day by day for a continual burnt offering. You shall offer one lamb in the morning and you shall offer the other lamb at the evening with one tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with the fourth part of a hen of beaten oil. It is a continual burnt offering, which was ordained in Mount Sinai for a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Its drink offering shall be the fourth part of a hen for each lamb. You shall pour out a drink offering of strong drink to Yahweh in the holy place. The other lamb you shall offer at evening. As the meal offering of the morning and its drink offering, you shall offer it, an offering made by fire for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. On the Sabbath day, you shall offer two male lambs a year old without defect and two tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil and its drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath in addition to the continual burnt offering and its drink offering. In the beginnings of your months, you shall offer a burnt offering to Yahweh. Two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs, a year old without defect, and three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil for each bull. And two-tenths of fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil for the one ram. And one-tenth part of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering to every lamb as a burnt offering of a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Their drink offerings shall be half a hin of wine for a bull, the third part of a hin for the ram, and the fourth part of the hin for a lamb. This is the burnt offering of every month throughout the months of the year. Also, one male goat for a sin offering to Yahweh shall be offered in addition to the continual burnt offering and its drink offering. So you might be wondering why God is repeating all of this when we kind of went through all of this in Leviticus. You have to remember, though, that there has been a 40-year gap from the book of Leviticus to the book of Numbers, pretty much. 40 years has passed since the original law was put in place. And there's actually evidence in Scripture that the Israelites did not continually do sacrifices to God while in the wilderness, actually. Somehow, over the years, it kind of dwindled away. So God now, because this is a brand new generation of people that are about to take the promised land, is repeating these rules for the drink offering, the burnt offerings, and the daily offerings. Because he wants to remind the people that, that they need to do these sacrifices, that they need to do these burnt offerings when they enter the promised land. Because God is supposed to be having fellowship with his people. And one of the ways he could have fellowship with his people was through the different offerings. And we went over the offerings a lot in Leviticus. And we talked about the five or six different types of offerings. There was the burnt offering. There was the peace offering, meal offering, sin offering, guilt offering, and drink offering. I think we're the... Oh, and then there, of course, there was the wave offering and the... What was the other one? The lift offering. <laughs> That wasn't the the heave offering. That's what it was called. But uh, yeah, so there was quite a few different types of offerings, about seven or eight of them that were supposed to be done, depending on the circumstance and depending on uh, the day and just whatever. So different sacrifices were supposed to be made. But the one that God had talked about 
uh, previously was the daily offering. A lamb was supposed to be offered daily, one in the morning and one at night to God for like a perpetual kind of offering every single day. God calls it a continual offering. And you might wonder why. Why is God asking for a continual offering to be burnt every single day? Isn't that kind of cruel? So one thing I want to point out here is in verse two. It says, command the children of Israel and tell them, see that you present my offering, my food for my offerings, a pleasant aroma to me in their due season. I think it's really important to recognize this word my that God uses several times because these offerings were God's. And what's even cooler about this is the fact that God calls them my food. So this made me question, can we feed God? (laughs) I'm not even joking. It made me question that. And yes, I do believe that we can feed God. Because nowadays, even though we don't do burnt offerings, burnt offerings are over and done with. They are a thing of the past because Jesus came and fulfilled all that. We don't have to do burnt offerings anymore. But we see in the New Testament, the new covenant, the stuff that you and I read and follow today, that many of the offerings of old have been restated to speak about spiritual things. For example, Paul talks about how his life is a drink offering for God, being poured out for God. So that's an offering that we can give to God ourselves. I mean, when we deny our cross and follow Jesus, that is a way that we are becoming a drink offering ourselves and giving God, I suppose, this offering, this food. And I mean, you got to think about it as God is not exactly eating these burnt offerings, right? Even in Leviticus and Numbers where we're at now, he's not eating them. So, I mean, when we give an offering to God now, he's not specifically eating them, but he is being, in a sense, filled by that. It's his food. So, yes, I do believe that we can feed God. And there's other things that talk about how the incense and the aroma of the burnt offerings Talk about our prayer life nowadays. There's a verse in Revelations that talks talks about the similarities between the aroma as being prayers nowadays. So God talks about this pleasant aroma of the continual burnt offering. So if ourselves are an offering to God, like we are offering ourselves to God, then our prayers are like the pleasing aroma to God. There's so many correlations and similarities between the sacrifices of old and what you and I can do nowadays to, I suppose, feed God. And in a sense, I mean, everybody needs to be fed. It's kind of cool and interesting that God talks about this food, his food, his offerings. You know, a big family back in these days, in these ancient days, probably would have to kill a lamb per day because those lambs would feed their entire family and the women would get together. They'd cook up this lamb and they would feed their families through that. And this was an agricultural society. This was a shepherd 
a shepherding society, I suppose. So there was a lot of lambs. There was a lot of bulls. There was a lot of sheep and, and, and cattle and whatever else, goats. So the fact is that if a family needed to kill a lamb, maybe two per day, one for uh, lunch and one for dinner, why can't these people offer God the same lunch and dinner? In a sense, this is God's food. This is God's breakfast and dinner. <laughs> but not only that, God also gets the continual food offering of the grain. It says the grain mixed with the beaten oil. I mean, what is that? That's a, that's a loaf of bread. So God gets bread with his meat. And then he also gets some drink with his meat. He gets a bit of wine for each lamb. So you're feeding an entire meal to God. <laughs> the Israelites would be feeding God, I suppose, this entire meal. And yes, I recognize God does not have to eat. God was not technically eating this meal offering. But this is also a sign of fellowship between the people and God as well. Food, so many times in scripture, talks about fellowship, how when we get people together at our dinner table, we are fellowshipping with them. We are eating with them. It's a community type of thing. These families that would kill their lambs to feed their families would be having fellowship and community with their families. So now God gets the same thing. It's a way of showing this community between the people and with God. And then even the priests would go further with this by eating some of the food that was given to God because God was sharing with the priests. The priests would go into the tabernacle and they would eat at that table in front of God's presence. So this is all just a sign of, you know, the people having fellowship and community with God. And so, yes, we can do the same things nowadays with our hymns, with our songs, with our praises, with our thanksgiving, because I mean, food often talks about thanksgiving as well. The grain offering specifically correlates nowadays with our thoughts and our praises of thanksgiving towards God. So we can feed God in a sense by giving him our thanksgiving, our praise, our prayers, our lives, all of these things give us fellowship and community with God the same way that these continual burnt offerings would have in the old days. So all of it correlates. Everything correlates. The Old Testament and the New Testament just intertwine with each other to make something really, really beautiful. But moving on, it says that on the Sabbath day, there should be two extra male lambs, a year old without defect, two tenths of an ephah fine flour for a meal offering mixed with oil and its drink offering. So on the Sabbath, God gets an extra meal. <laughs> and then on the beginning of the month, God would get an extra amount of burnt offerings with the two young bulls, the one ram and the seven male lambs. And this kind of um, is interesting how the seven male lambs kind of talk about the seven days of the week. And this is talking about like a, a monthly offering. So, I mean, you can really go into like the nitty gritty of the analogies here, I suppose, but I'm not really going to get into that. But God gets an extra meal offering at the beginning of each month. But then also a sin offering was supposed to be sacrificed at the beginning of each month as well. 
And that's just grace right there that God commands that a sin offering be sacrificed. Because a lot of times people don't recognize their sin. They don't care about it. They don't apologize. A lot of times the people weren't going to bring their sin offerings to God for the sin that they committed. So God kind of does it for them. He says every single month a sin offering is supposed to be sacrificed also. And really this is God just pouring out his grace to his people by commanding that a sin offering be sacrificed each month. But honestly, I've already stated it. The one thing that we can really take from this is that, yes, even though we don't do offerings nowadays in the same sense as the people in the book of Numbers would have, we can still give offerings to God. We can fellowship with God with our prayers, with our lives, with our thanksgiving. And I think we should do that every single day. If the people back in these days were commanded to do it, then certainly we should also take some time each day to fellowship with God. And you know what, guys? You are doing that by listening to this podcast every day. In a sense, you are fellowshipping with God. So continue to tune into the podcast. Let people know that this podcast exists by sharing it on your social media platforms, by telling people about it. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to get something to grow. And right now we are talking about the Bible. So not only are you helping something to grow, but you are sharing the gospel with somebody whenever you talk to them about this podcast. Anyway, friends and faithful listeners, go over to the Facebook page, like it, comment on it, and you can also get into contact with me there and just check out everything that P40 Ministries and the Bible Explained podcast is doing over on Facebook. But friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, happy listening and God bless.